Oi, you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 186. On tonight's episode, the Modlings are back from the Wapaka Tournament. And they're kind of exhausted, but they had a good time. And they've been doing lots of hobbies and playing lots of games and have all sorts of nonsense to talk about. So let's let them get on with it and get done before the deluge of book reviews seems to be coming in. And then you'll never hear stuff like this for a while. So just shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, Fools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you glorious victories, harrowing defeats, and snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm the cast of the Rolling Bad Podcast. What? Oh, um, so last week on Rolling Bad, you know, they did their intro and Elric does his intro and then I, be- I believe it was Bill. I can't remember if it was or if it wasn't. But one of them was like, and I'm David Whitech. And they're like, what? And he's like, well, he does it on his show all the time. So. I, okay, that's your thing, though. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm, so I've just, you know. Hey, you know what? I get it. You're trying to. You're emulating something that you just, uh, uh, you know, so that you could reach those lofty heights, you know. You want to imitate that which you want to be. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Wow, that ego. Anyway. (laughs) I'm just teasing them. I got to tease them a little bit, dude. They took my thing. I know. And then they said they were me. Like, I'm sitting there going, why? Why would you want that? I have no idea why anyone would want to do that. I really don't. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I was actually going to do uh, I'm Jack Ryan. Okay, that's Jack Ryan. Yeah. From Did you see the, the preview? No, I'm still behind, but like even like Hunt for Red October, Clear and Present Danger. Oh, no, no, um, no. Uh, Amazon Prime. I think this, like later this year, um, they're doing a series, like a, like a, like a mini series, like a like a show. Oh, I think it's going to well, be. That's an, legit. I think it's a part. And you know who's playing Jack Ryan? Is it Alec Baldwin? It's Jim from The Office. The guy, oh. who, the guy who played Jim, like he was in that uh, Twelve Hours, the Benghazi movie we played. So, like he can be a tough guy, but he doesn't really look like he's necessarily a tough guy. Yeah, he just looks weird. Yeah, no. I know I, who you're talking about. I like him a lot. In fact, I'm looking forward to that movie, A Quiet Place. I'm totally off track now, but have you seen the previews for that? No. Oh, look that up. It's called A Quiet Place. I don't know what it's about. Like, I don't know. There's some. It's like a monster movie, but it's him and Emily Blunt and their two kids, and they live in this house, and they make no noise. Like, they don't talk. They don't make sounds. And then when they accidentally make a sound, it's like dark, and like stuff just starts like banging around on top of the house like they literally can't make any noise or whatever's out there will come get them like the little tagline was silent you know like silence is golden this one said silence is survival hmm. and it's just these people like living in this weird cabin out in the woods and they can't make any noise it looks so cool but i like that guy okay i don't know I like i said i saw the jack ryan thing so I was, I don't know. I, I looked at it and I thought it looked pretty cool. So. Okay. So that's that's my total uh, sidetrack for the first segment of the show. <laughs> yeah. 
There'll be more folks, trust me. <laughs> well, you listen to the show. You know you know what happens on the show. Um, so, do we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors? Oh my goodness, we yeah, we should totally one? do that. Shut up, Lindsay! She's making fun of hey. me now. Hey, okay. Uh, Alright, so, as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Unique Gifts and Games. In Grays Lake, Illinois. Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. They have bases. They have um, they have movement trays. And they'll do custom stuff. Like if you have an idea for something, they'll do it. Because I think I'm going to have them make me some. Uh, I'm going to ask them if they can make me some some of those little trays so you can for my Batman cards. Because I've seen other people getting them, and I'm not certain where they got them from. And they look like they were 3D printed, you know, like on the hard plastic. But an MDF one would work just as well. I'm thinking that might be cool. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know, like, Night Models makes them, and then somebody else made those, too. And I can't remember who. Yeah. I think somebody made them, and I think Night Models, like... Told them they couldn't do that because it wasn't there for their stuff or something, and then went and just did the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Uh, um, oh, we should also thank the Patreon sponsors, the people who are keeping things going here at Garage Hammer. Uh, mm-hmm. Our associate producer is Phil Elliott. Uh, and our executive producers are Bradley Graham and Misty Tempel. So thank you to you guys uh, up there at the uh, upper echelons of giving the ridiculous amounts. There are now there are other people who uh, are there are some people who've put in at anonymous. They didn't want or they just they didn't or they no prize level. They don't want to be mentioned every episode who also do stuff like this. There, we have a lot of givers. In fact, um for some reason in the past two weeks, and I'm not certain what happened, we had a bit of a, a blow-up. Um, so since we recorded two weeks ago, I would like to thank the newest Patreon patrons that we've had jumping in at all different levels. Well, not all different levels, but at multiple levels. We had people jumping in. Let's see. Joseph Mateda, Isaac Gay, Joseph Moyer, Zachary Nanden, Johan Holm, William Eversberg, Zach Robinson, and Cornel Bodar. Holy all, smokes. Yes. All of these people have jumped in uh, from, you know, anything, you know, from ranging from a buck up to um, way more than a buck. Um, and uh, those people, I want to give a big thanks to um, because they are awesome. Now, there's one other thing I want to I want to say here, and it's um, it's we got a couple of donations, just like straight up donations on the uh, on the on through the PayPal, you know, like because you have the straight up donation button on the website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to say, and I wanted to thank these people because. Um, they basically, I've got a few people who are like, you know what, I can't commit to every month, but sometimes I just want to give a donation. So Matthew Greathouse just threw in a donation on PayPal, and um, and I want to give a real spe- special thanks to Nick Nafpliotis. Nafplio- I think I pronounced that right. Nafpliotis. Nicholas Nafpliotis. Um, Nicholas, for the, like, 
for the last like three three or four months, like every five or six weeks, he drops down something that could totally make him an associate producer if he just did it on Patreon. But he's like, nah, I can't commit. I don't know when I can, but when I've got extra money, boom. Like it's it's wow. Yeah, it would. I mean, he's at that level, but he's not doing the. He doesn't want you know. Doesn't need his name up on the screen. Just really likes the show and wants to help out. So he's just dropping in. Boom! Here's a donation to the show, and uh, I know he's doing it off on the side. And he's like, you know, he doesn't. He's like, he doesn't. I don't need the the praise. I just I just want to help out the show because I love the show. But you deserve it because that's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy that. You know, like I was just honestly, I was just hoping that if like, you know, a lot of people in the audience thought the show was worth a buck an episode, like if the whole audience threw in a buck an episode, like I would just do this for a living, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but that's crazy, too. That's like, nah, that's not going to happen. And I get that. Um, But when people actually think the show is worth like actual money, like more than you'd pay to go to a movie, you know, and get some popcorn, like. That's the humbling, and I know I've said it more than once, but I'm going to keep saying it because it really is. And when I looked on the list this week and I saw in the past two weeks we've picked up eight new patrons, I was just like, holy mackerel. So thank you guys for now becoming what seems to be the 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. I really, We really do appreciate it. It's really awesome. So thank you. New year, new patron. Is that the new hashtag? <laughs> new year, new patron. That's it. Yeah, if you joined, uh, send me a message on Twitter, at Garage Hammer. New year, new patron. Uh, so speaking of uh, new year, new patron, it's how about new year, new voicemail? We did get a voicemail? We got we a voicemail. It's almost two minutes, so you're going to have to wow. get ready for this, Okay. Uh, I'm going to play it for you right now and then, uh, and well, then we'll hear it. So hold on. Hey Dave. Um, my name is Zach Potter and I'm from the Virginia area and me and my friends are just now starting to get out of 40K and starting to start up in Sigmar. And I want to start building an army that would actually be better than theirs because I'm tired of getting my, you know, what kicked by them. And, I, ha- I know nothing about Sigmar or anything about how to build an army. And I'm calling to just ask, what would be the best type of build for a death army? Or at least, what would you recommend starting with? And preferably, I'm really not big into the vampire thing, but like anything like the old Tomb Kings and stuff like that really interests me. And I've been listening to the show since he did the End of Times coverage and I've I've really just been hooked on walking skeletons and raising dead ever since. So you can give me an email back if if you want. And I I just need help building an army and a death army for Sigmar that way I can finally stop losing to my friends. And obviously you're the in my opinion you're the best choice to come to. And I mean I've been All right. for the past year and a half and I'm running to you, Dave. I need your help. <laughs> so, just shoot me an email, or if I mean, you really don't have to answer this on your show, but anything's appreciated. Just thank you. All right. Help me, Obi Wan Whitech. You're my only hope. <laughs> um, uh, 
I don't mean to poke fun. I really don't. No, no. But it was you know I when he said I'm coming to you. You're my only hope. I, I thought the exact I thought the exact same thing. So that was yeah. kind of funny. Um. So death. Uh, That's a very appropriately timed voicemail. You know what? As I'm listening to it, I'm going, oh, boy. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, listen up, brother. Um, Listen to the next episode. Just listen to the next episode. We're going to be covering the new um, Legions of Nagash book. Do we want to do that or Malign Portents first? Oh, boy. Decisions. Oh, boy. I don't know. Because Malign Portents advances the story, but the Nagash battle tome is amazing. Oh, I, I, maybe we should do Malign Portents. How about we flip for it later? Or maybe, should I put a poll up on the Facebook page? And we see what the listeners wants? We could do that. Let's do that. I never put up polls on the Facebook page. Let's except put myself. put a poll on the Facebook page. All right, so that's it. Okay, guys, so you will get to help decide where the next episode goes. Uh, you can pick. Uh, do you want to know about Legions? Of- okay, here's the deal. We're going to have one next episode and one the episode right after it. So it's not like we're going to do one and never do the other. But which one do you want first? Um, go to the Facebook page and answer the poll so that way we can get that uh, get that figured out. Um, but seriously, if you've got some patience, uh, I would say, uh, the, 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 the Nagash book is coming out on the 10th and, uh, you definitely want that. Um, but we'll talk more about that in just a minute. We will get back to talking a little bit about that. Uh, if you like lots of skeletons, yeah, go for it. You can start getting some skeletons now and maybe some grave guard. That's what I'm going to yeah. say. The uh, um, start collecting for the skeleton box is uh, good. So yep. The ten warriors, a mortark, and the knights, and then the uh, barrel lords, ally starter. Uh, it was a bunch of grave guard, uh, some skeletons, and a white lord. If you're not big into the vampires, like Archon is technically not a vampire, so he'd be a good character. And then the white king, his command ability is baller. With oh yeah, yeah, because it's a plus one attack on a skeleton on a death rattle unit. So you do that, and then you tack on Van Hell's Dance Macabre. Yeah, on a unit of Grave Guard, and they pile in an attack twice with like twelve hundred attacks. Uh, they do a lot of serious work, but I would just be patient, wait for the new death book. And then watch your friends cry. Yeah, the uh, the book comes out the day this drops. We're recording a few days early. Um, yeah. It is up for pre-order. We're going to get to that. In fact, uh, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and do the news because we're going to have a lot of that stuff about that There's stuff There's a lot coming of up. news. So, oh, by the way, folks, <laughs> 1-757-GH, show six. Don't forget our email is 1-757. It's voicemail, but who cares? 757-GH, show six. You should call and leave us a message, too. Um, I totally wow. forgot. I totally forgot to do that before the voice. Yeah, that was that was bad. Uh, yeah, that poor one. form. What is wrong with me today? It's Sunday. Uh, it, yeah, and I gotta go shovel snow when we're done with this and other things. So yeah, I'm just I'm kind of I got my fingers crossed for a snow day tomorrow because I really want to keep. Do, oh do, You know what? I just have some DIY stuff around the house that one day, one extra day off 
would be a miracle. Plus, I'm supposed to do uh, like like state testing tomorrow. Like, there's small groups of kids that need to get their testing done, and so they randomly like. I don't know how random it is, but apparently they randomly choose teachers who have all, and we all have certification because they made us do it like a month ago. So, like, they just randomly picked people, and guess who got picked? Which means I have a sub tomorrow anyway because I'm going to be doing this. So if this were to get canceled, I would not I would not shed a tear. But that's just me being a bad employee, I suppose, so who cares? All right, listen, we'll, we'll be back, and we'll be back with the news in the toolbox. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. News on the march. We have lots of news. There is a whole lot of news. Wow. Um, so, in case you've been under a rock, uh, there is a lot of information that dropped at LVO about what was coming. Yeah, and I didn't see all of it, but I saw some too. cool stuff. Yeah, like Warhammer Battletome Fishman. Yeah. Did you see that? No. Oh, man, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, it's not, folks. It was a troll. Uh, I thought oh. I saw the, uh, didn't I see the um, samurai, the Warhammer Samurai? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, that was from the, the old Nippon. They they got a realm now, too, which is the 10th realm. Oh. We didn't know about that, though. How can there be ten realms when there's only eight? Isn't so chaos, where's number nine? Isn't, isn't chaos itself like the ninth realm, the realm of chaos? Mm, I don't know. I thought it was. I always considered that to be like its own realm, too, so I don't know. Sure. No, but so where do we start? Do we start with the cool new stuff or the cool newer stuff? Well, let's start with the cool new stuff that is actually dropping on the tenth, maybe. Yeah, so we finally have Malign Portents. Uh, yeah, malign portents. Hearing about this and since legions. last Adepticon. So portents and legions are both dropping. Well, today, if you're listening to this on the day it's released. Yeah. Um, so go pick them up, dude. Malign portents is only twenty five bucks. Uh, yeah, the it legions is book not is forty bucks price point. Yeah, and you can get the cards for all the cool malign portents stuff because there's so much. If you're looking to play in the land of Shyish, or if you're looking to play. Um, with with a lot of twists and turns, if you're one of those people who like that, you know, being able to to to, to throw twists into the game, um, 
not only is the book going to be really fun, but uh, you want the cards. Yeah, and, only 15 and I think the big thing with it is that it changes the way you play the game without going all catawampus like we had to do with Firestorm. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have, yeah, the, the with the cities and all the weird things, yeah, not so much. Here it changes it in a, on a much more basic level, uh, and it's for just about everybody. Yeah. So, and it advances the narrative, which I think is what I'm most excited about with Malign Portents. Yeah. Because we've been in living in, like, the aftermath of the Realm Gate Wars for a long time. And now here comes the new narrative. And from what I understand, it's going to influence everything throughout the rest of the course of this year. So there's a lot coming down the pipe in this book. Very excited. Full disclosure, I got the book Friday. I'm almost done reading it, all of the narrative part. I've only got a couple pages left. And uh, I like it. I like where Mm -hmm. it's going. I like how they're doing it. I like the way they're layering the story in. Um, it's it's pretty cool. So, um, like I said, uh, matched play. I don't know how much of this you bring in, unless you build a whole like one day or around doing something with it, you know, and let people mm-hmm. all play with it. Um, so, in fact, I'm thinking of doing that. Um, I'm I'm still working with uh, Unique Gifts and Games. Um, before they close, I'm trying to get a one day sort of event using some of these scenarios and using this using these rules coming in, just have like eight players, you know, mm-hmm. four tables, three rounds, just keep it simple. Um, it's so sad. They've got the 35% off everything right now, and it's mm-hmm. starting to get thin in the store, you know? Like, there's not a yeah. lot. So it's like, I kind of want to do this because I have, I have some, I have some, I, I just, I want to just kind of have a party there, you know, and, and play some mm-hmm. games before it closes. So... I'm thinking, uh, folks. You know, if you're thinking about this, if you're listening and you're in the and you're kind of local, um, trying to do, you know, eight men, April thirteenth. I think that's a Saturday. It just be yes, yeah, the thirteenth or the fourteenth. Yeah, um, and that my plan is to uh, just do that as a last hurrah. I'm finalizing the uh, the plans with UGG to make sure that they're going to have things there and that we can still do it. Um, but I'd like to have a last hurrah. If you're coming in and playing, we're going to, I mean, I'm, pl- I'm planning, we're, you know, food, drinks, games, the whole nine yards for the, for the, for the people who can, who can sign up. And I think if we just kind of keep it small, it'll be real, it'll be much simpler then. So we're going to keep it like, you know, eight to 12 players tops. So if you mm-hmm. want to come and, uh, help send off my FLGS that, uh, Mark, Pencil April 13th and on your calendar. So there you go. Uh, sorry to bring it down. I just thought about that as we were talking about this. So No, it's all good. So let's see what else. So the book is coming out. The Malign Portents is, is so cool. Um, the Legions of Nagash book is so good. We're going to be covering that. Uh, Zombies got a repack, and I think I'm going to cry. Womp womp. I really wanted new zombies. I really wanted new zombies. I really I know. wanted new zombies. We'll talk about more about that in the toolbox. In the I'm um, just, I mean, hey, twenty zombies, thirty five bucks. Now they're on twenty five mil rounds. They're the same zombies they've always been. The anatomically l- ludicrous zombies. So the old man winter zombies. So bad. I'm sorry. I I like 
JW and their stuff, but this is like I, by far it's got to be the oldest kit and arguably one of the worst based on what we're seeing coming out of there now. This is just so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Um, oh, we got the cards too coming for Legions of Nagash, which have the gravesite markers. Yes, uh, the tokens. If you don't want to make your own, you can just use tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's coming with everything. The cards, I think, are 25 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there is a lot to keep track of with this new book. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to be looking to play Death, I would probably pick up the cards because there is a lot of weird synergy. Get yourself a cheat book. sheet, folks. Get yourself a cheat sheet. You're going to want it. You're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's things you're going to miss otherwise. I'm very excited about it. Um, oh, and let's not forget with uh, Malign Portents, all four of the characters are going to be out on the 10th. They'll be out today uh, as you're listening. Uh, they're 35, 35 bucks a piece um, for the uh, Lord Ordinator. Lord, no, is it Lord Ordinator? Is that what he's called? Lord Ordinator. Yeah. Lord Ordinator and uh, the Dark Oath uh, Queen. War Queen. Then you've got the uh, <laughs> you got the Spirit Host guy who I forget his name and you got Knight the, of Shrouds. Knight of Shrouds. Why don't you take it? You know all their names. Good, me and it's the myself. Fungoid Cave Shaman. The Fungoid who Cave is Shaman. The hot one. That is, that's just an me. amazing model. It is. Uh, so, and I think what we need to discuss is like these characters are. I think they're best suited for the most part for our Grand Alliance of their allegiance type army, except for the Knight of Shrouds. So, well, he could like be in his grand alliance guy, as well, just, since his grand alliance is just death armies. I mean, yeah, but yeah, the other three benefit their grand alliance more than a specific faction. This is the first time the Knight of Shrouds happening. wants a faction. Yeah. This is the first time this is happening, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was looking at it and, uh, the Lord ordinator, he basically buffs order war machines, of which um, none are in Stormcast. Right. So this is a guy that wants to work with real people, like Ironweld. And that's part and of the story that I was people. reading when I was reading the Malign Portents. It talks about how he's there building stuff, and he works very closely with the free people in Duarden, and sometimes mm-hmm. even the elves, because they're building these buildings, and he's designing and overseeing it but he needs a you know he needs manual labor to get this stuff built and so he works with them and so mm-hmm. yeah that was cool i actually you know yesterday uh it went up for pre-order and so it's like oh you're free to talk about it a bit and that was one of the things i had even mentioned because um i was talking with uh rotor and he's like any you know any cool rules anything in there and i was like yeah we got it i took a look at it he goes but it's mostly it and he's like that's the first time that someone has been have special abilities that aren't for their faction, but for the whole Grand Alliance. I go, I think it is. I mean, there might yeah. be a character here or there that can do, but this is like literally specifically for stuff that you can't use if you're just if you're playing straight Stormcast. He might be fun to have in the army and and run in and do some cho- do do some hitting, but uh, yeah, I mean, unless you're taking a mixed Grand Alliance uh, army or at least taking in some. Excuse me, allies, some, some allies. Yeah, uh, then his his abilities are not all that useful. 
No, he wants to mix. He wants to be with a bunch of different things. Same with the fungoid, same with the war queen. They want a variety of troops for their abilities to be effective. The knight of shrouds just wants night haunt. Oh, right. Oh, that's so, right. It has to stay night haunt, right. Yeah, night haunt is going to get a bit of a bump with the knight of shrouds because now they actually have a command ability that they can use. So I think that's why they did it. But regardless, you have four awesome characters that are coming out that work with your army, regardless of what you're playing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so we've got all that stuff. And then LVO, all the teasers. I don't want to hear any more complaining about no elves in Age of Sigmar, because now we have the Daughters of Cain. Oh, those teasers were great. And that's just a first step. You know, I'd like to see more of the elf stuff, but wow, what a great, like, I am so excited to get my hands on that book, The Daughters of Cain, and start reading that lore. Because yeah, the narrative on that is what I'm the most excited for. Dude, that's bananas. She crawled out of Slanesh's mouth while apparently while he was asleep, and she's been transformed by this. And she's you saw been changed. Those... She's got wings. Oh, she's well. She, she's either got wings or she's got a snake tail. One of the two. Unless she can be both. Oh my god! Don't tell me we've got transforming characters now. She could look like Marathi sometimes and like some evil thing some other times. That would be so awesome. That would be like in Malifaux when you get your like uh, your ascended form or something like that. Or like in Shadespire where you get inspired. Oh, my God, would that be so cool? I'm just, I'm just making stuff up as I go along here, folks. I watch the same videos you watch. I honestly thought she was going to be a snake woman because it says she was transformed, right? And look at Slanesh. Look at all his heralds. Look at all his stuff. They're all like snake people. That would be so cool if she turned into a snake person. Of course, then I don't think the daughters of Cain would like her too much, but that would be such a cool thing. Or maybe she just has snake powers. Maybe some of her abilities are very serpent-like. And then that are you would saying go... she's Voldemort? No, but look at, the, look at the stuff that goes with her. That Bloodrack Shrine, that's his daughters of Cain thing, right? And that's got a Medusa yep. on it. It's the Bloodracks, the Sisters of Slaughter... And then they've got the new, clearly, Gorgon units. Um, well, see, maybe that's new- not her then. Maybe those little hints were for her for her troops then. But, wow, crazy Marathi coming out and totally just, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. Yeah, the faction and the teaser videos have just been amazing. The models are gorgeous, and I think we're going to see a lot of them once that book drops. Oh, yeah. Dude, people are already – you see people already painting it up. I mean, you can kind of – Oh, I know. They're frothing at the mouth for an elf, and I don't understand that, but okay. <laughs> I, I, nor I, but yeah, I was I was listening to uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, and someone just pointed out that, like, you want hints at what's coming out? Just watch what the, what the guys like the, the face hammer guys and these other guys are painting at the time. He's like, when they're starting a new project that seems like a weird, oh, why would you go to that throwback? It's probably not a throwback, folks. They're probably prepping for something that's coming out. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. And they were all painting up witch elves. So there you go. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, hey, I'm excited because I'm excited for the lore on that because I'm, I want to see what's going on. I, def, I mean, we need to know. 
you know, love the elves or hate them. It's been over two and a half years. We need to find out what's going on with them at least. So, mm-hmm. so we've got that to look forward to, and. I think that's all the big AOS releases. Oh, you would be mistaken. Ooh, what am I wrong about? Um, looking at my white dwarf. February 17th, one week from the day of this release. Well, let's hit first the non-AOS. Uh, Necromunda Gang War 2 rules with new gang lists and stuff. A new uh, More rules and more stuff comes out. Um, Underhive Bad Zone Delta 7, which... Uh, it's nine new double-sided tiles that can change up your game because as you put them down, like uh, the ground, they've got hazards on all of them. So there's different hazards and different other things that could mess with your game. It's nine double-sided tiles. That's like 40 bucks. The Orlock Gang and Cards and Dice are also all coming out for Necromunda next week. So if you're enjoying Necromunda, and who wouldn't? It's pretty cool. New gang. new and Now, what was with the Apparently, there was a picture released of a team. Was that a joke video? Was there a squat that was coming out for Necromunda? No, there is. He's a forge-old model. Okay. He's going to be a squat bounty hunter. Ah, see, bringing them back. That's right, bringing them back. You can't... Okay, one model does not an army make. Uh, but, it, but that's a start. It's a start. Whatever. Hey, they were never going to make uh, Primark playable Primarks either. They just making models from Horus Heresy because they looked cool. Now look. So, um, but most importantly, on February seventeenth, Warhammer Underworlds Chosen Axes and Warhammer Wonder Underworlds. Um, what are they called? Oh, I missed the Spite name. Spike Claw Swarm. That's it. Spite Claw Swarm. You have uh, two new crews, one being four Fire Slayers, and one being five Skaven. Uh, those come out on the se- a week from the day of release, on the 17th. Pre-order goes up today, 30 bucks each. I am obviously ordering both because, you know, got to get me my cards. Uh, that and the models are outstanding. Oh, oh, my God, yeah. No, they're really good. Uh, and I'm waiting. I'm excited to see the rules for them to play in the actual game. Bring in the fire slayers and Skaven, the little unit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they'll all have their custom card sleeves and custom dice as well. So you can order those up if you want. Uh, but that is all coming out. Um, that is all coming out uh, in another week after all this this initial drop. Mm-hmm. And they've still got releases planned for the 24th and stuff, but I'm trying to save a little bit for uh, for next episode. So, so yeah, lots of lots of things coming this month, and ugh, so excited. Mm-hmm. And All then right. on the 40k side, we've had the Custodes. Yeah, they uh, just Dennis released Custodes. Come out. Uh, Thousand Suns book just came out uh, yesterday. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty the cool. Set. Been flipping through that. Yep. And then we've also got Skyfires now in 40K, so good luck. Uh, welcome to the hell that the rest of us have been for the last 10 months. But, <laughs> um, and then we obviously have Necrons, Tau, and one or Dark Eldar, Drukari, or whatever they're calling them now. Those are the next three that they're coming out with. So there's going to be a lot of releases in a very short span of time. Yep. Looks like across both systems. Still no orcs. 
I don't know. Orcs are in a really good place right now, so they don't need it as bad as the others do. Yeah, but I still like to see the the new orc uh, codex because uh, I'm I'm you know they've been doing it right with the others. I'd like to see what they do. Mm-hmm. So, so is that it? Uh, Skullvane Mance or the Warrior Skyer Citadel or Lair of the Astromancer is back. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. That's about a hundred bones, a little over a hundred bones. But that's a huge yeah. piece of terrain, and it has rules. You can do stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's that's gonna be pretty cool. I did forget that. I have one too, so I, I got one when the when it first came out. So I'm ahead of the game. You suck. I do. Okay. Is that all for the news? I think that's everything. I think that's all the news that's fit to print. So. Shall we just move on to the toolbox? Yeah, and, then, and then who's we'll, that brought to us by? That's by Chaos Org Superstore! Chaos Org Superstore! Chaos Org Superstore! Chaos Org Superstore! All right, you've been doing some hobbying since PACA? Not as much. I've been kind of in the hobby funk that I'm trying to break. Oh. So I've just been painting up some flagellants and my last unit of... Devastators for my salamanders to try to finish off some projects, mm-hmm. but not really feeling it right now. I hear you. Um, I am not in that boat. Uh, although I am, I'm, I'm, I'm. I got back from Paca all excited to keep going, and I've run into nothing but trouble. That's usually how it goes. Um, okay, so I had. Two, I only have ten judicators, and two of them no longer have arrow heads because they broke off. Um, I have the little one millimeter drill bits that I would you normally drill and pin things with, but that's too big, right? Mm-hmm. It's too big for the arrowhead, and it also is too big for the hammers. Like it's just too big. Like it barely squeezes in there, right? Yeah. So I'm online, and I'd, I'd asked people about this. I, I'd asked for suggestions, and some be like, "Oh, I use half millimeters and three quarter, you know, point seven or point seven. They're either point seven or point seven five. I can't remember." He's like, uh, "I use those, and those work really great on those tiny ones." So I ordered up now point fives. I could get in two days, and point sevens or seven fives are going to take like three or four weeks. And I'm like, "Let me see if the point fives are good enough." So I ordered up twenty of these things, and I get these, and they're tiny. I mean, they are tiny, right? I know they're supposed to be half size of the one millimeter. They look like they're not even close to half the size of the one millimeter. But I've still got it, and it's a drill bit. And I put it in my little drill, and it, it I, I close it up, tighten it, and it, it's not, it's too small. And I even put it in my little GW little, you know, the the hand, the hand drill, you know, the pin vise. They don't stay in there. It's too small. So if anybody out there who suggested half-millimeter drill bits to me, please send me a link to where I can get something that can actually clamp onto these and spin them and use them as a drill bit because now I'm stuck with these and I can't use them. Um, I am going to order some of those .7s, but it's like it could show up anywhere between February 27th and March 22nd, and I'm like, boy, I hate that. Yeah, so, that's not good. Yeah, so I, I hate when I get such a huge window for delivery and it's going to take three week, you know, two weeks to three weeks minimum, uh, but up to like six weeks. I'm like, oh, but I look like I'm going to have to do that because I lost two hammerheads and 
uh, and two arrowheads, and I can't get them back on. And I don't want to just keep buying and replacing models because little p- parts break off. Although I may have to figure something else out with the arrow. I may just have to break off the arm at the elbow because the elbow to the hand is part of the arrow piece. It's holding it, and you just blew mm. it in at the elbow joint. So I may have to do that. But that's, that's just good. one of my issues. Um, so I built and primed my Batman models so we can start getting some games in before uh, before I actually have to play at Adepticon. Um, these are horrible models to put together. You're talking the old metal ones, though. Well, that's all I have are metal ones. Yeah, I bought them a while back because I just wanted to buy cool Batman models. Um, apparently, I bought all the Frank Miller Batman models. Mm-hmm. You know, because I loved the original Dark Knight. Um, and so I tried to put this together. Apparently, they don't make these guys in resin or plastic or whatever yet. Not yet, yeah. So I've got my Dark Knight Batman. I've got my one-armed uh, Green Arrow. I've got uh, Alfred. And I've got Carrie Kelly and Three Sons of the Bat. It took me like seven hours to get all this put together. Like, I'm not Yeah, they're, they're very fiddly on their metals. It reminded me a lot of the Infinity stuff oh, with how yeah. fiddly they were. Yeah, and that's what I hated about the Infinity models. Uh, Batman's holding the, the, you know, the Batarang with the rope, and the one side of the rope going from one hand to the other is already, like, at the point where it's going to snap. And the other part that's hanging down already did snap off. I'm going to try to glue it back on. It may just stay off. Um, it's just, ugh, it's such a nightmare. Um, the, uh, like I said, the bat doesn't want to stay on the bat that's flying in, in front of Batman just doesn't have any obvious attachment points and doesn't want to stay on. Um, the, uh, what else? Uh, the ball and sockets don't. Uh, they they don't even come close to fitting properly. You got to totally finagle them. Carrie Kelly's shirt, like on the picture, she's got it's Robin's shirt. It's got it's red with those little yellow, you know, not quite buttons. Those little slashes, the little marks down the middle, like almost look like they're tied up, you know, like with with string or with <clears> you know. And then it's got the R. Like those are supposed to be on the model in the picture. It looks like they're painted that they were on the model. Mine, the whole front is sort of a little distorted. Hmm. Like if the metal wasn't smooth, like when it stamped, it didn't smooth it out there. So huh. it just it it looks weird and rough. So there's none of the details. I'm gonna have to paint all that on, and everyone knows I don't. That's not my strong point. Um, it, I just I'm just not happy with it. I mean, I love this game, but I do not like their metal models at all. And I've heard the plastics are better, but you know they don't make mine in plastic, so. Um, I'm just, I'm out of luck. Yeah. I mean, their new resin is good. I've put together a couple of their kits in the new resin, but it's, it sucks if you got to do some of the metals. Cause like my Riddler crew is all metal and I put that together like over a year ago. I've got a Mr. Freeze crew that is all metal, which isn't as bad as some of those older metal sculpts. So, oh yeah. Yeah. They definitely changed production value at some point last edition, and then they started doing the resin stuff. It changed it again. So, 
It's just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. okay, so we got back from PACA, and I was sort of on this, I didn't know what to do. I'm feeling the hobby wobbles with all these different things I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I've still got a bunch of Space Marines I can finish painting. I've still got Stormcast I haven't done yet. I still want to do the Drake. Like, I want to finish the Celestin Prime and do the Drake and stuff. Um, you know, but then I'm sitting here and, uh, like, I just don't know what to do. So I've decided I'm going to work on painting the Batman guys because it's literally, uh, seven models. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what? Let me just try this a little bit. Uh, once again, I'm not looking to you know win a painting competition. I'm trying to, in fact, I'm trying to get them to look like the like the comic book. So it'll be a lot of just simple colors without going wonky or anything like that. So yeah, no, it's and again, folks, this is not like we're going to be switching to Batman exclusively or anything. But but we're gonna do a, I'm gonna do a garage gamer. Do a little, yeah. You. But sometimes you need a distraction project, something to break it up. So. Exactly. Um, because here's because uh, here's where I'm at. I needed this because I just got okay. I'm tired of painting Ultramarines and I'm tired of painting Stormcast. Like that's all I've done for yep. the last two months, and I just need a break. And I have got literally like three dozen primed. Ultramarines. I've got all that Primaris stuff. I've got a big ship that I started, and it's like I just I need to step away for a minute. So I'm looking at this, going, "Here's my options." Okay, um, you know, it's like like I said, I I don't want to paint the Ultras, the Stormcast, especially with the Arrow and Hammer nonsense. I'm just like eh, I, I need to step away for a little, even though I definitely want to build the Drake. But I have all that stuff for the uh, like the Chocobos and the guys with the sniper rifles. I haven't even cracked those boxes, mm-hmm. and I feel like my army's incomplete. But it's like I still need a break, so I'm taking a breather from that. So, what are my options here? Because I don't know what to do. Uh, I've got the Overlords, and I've built and painted the boat, and I started on the uh, the basic box of ten Arcanauts. And they're kind of fun to paint, and they're kind of simple to paint, and I'm enjoying them. But I don't know if I'm going to, like, I don't know if the play style, based on what I keep seeing other people playing, I don't know if that's what I want to play. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do I want to start building this if I'm not going to play it when I've got other things that I could be working on that I would definitely play? Right. So Overlords, high enthusiasm for the painting side, but not so much for the playing side. The Fire Slayers. I could jump on this. Like I've had them since they came out. I haven't really painted them. I've liked uh I've liked the uh the models. I like the theme. I, I definitely would like to play them. Uh I uh my worried uh my concern is um the the lack of um the lack of variety in the units. And the maybe getting in a bit of a monotony with those models because does the, much like the Stormcast, doesn't matter what unit you're in, you look like the other guys. You know, they all look the same. Yeah, they're very confusing to look at. Unless you're on a magma drop, then it's easy to tell you apart from the rest of your bros. You literally can only tell them apart by their weapon they're holding. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. again, you get into that monotonous slug, which is something that you and I are just not about right now. Right. And so then I still got Stormcast, but yeah. I need to do something else. Yeah. 
Uh, and then we get down to the undead, and this is my rebasing nightmare. I have a hundred some zomb- uh, skeletons to rebase. I've got like fifty graveguard to rebase. Um, the Mortarks, the the terrorgeists. I mean, everything, everything. I have hundreds and hundreds of models now. Um, I don't think I'm going to rebase the Mantic Ghouls. I think I've grown out of them, and uh, I'm just going to, when I do finally start putting ghouls in my army, which would ha- which are Flesh Eater Courts and is kind of separate from this whole Legions of Nagash thing. Um, mm-hmm. But they can be allied. Uh, they can be. But when I decide to do that, I think I'm going to go just go and buy GW ones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hey, if anybody needs uh, 120 Mantic Ghouls, well, uh, let me know. I'm um, selling them cheap. How cheap is he selling them? We're talking like I'm thinking probably about you know sixty cents each per, maybe fifty per. Got one hundred twenty of them. Got to get rid of them. Um, the zombies are not getting rebased because I can't. So I have to buy all new zombies now. I have about two hundred. Mantic zombies still in boxes on sprues. And they've been sitting here and sitting here, and I haven't had the heart to do anything with them because I want Games Workshop zombies. But then I looked at the zombies, and they're up for pre order. They come out today. They're up today uh, for um, re re release. Today, if you're listening to this, as the day of the release. And they're the same ones with the giant heads and the power fists and carrying weapons for no apparent reason. And the, just the, 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 the proportions, these models don't make any sense. You don't believe me? Pause the show, go to the Games Workshop rep website, and look at the zombies. They're all weird, bloated and distended. They have little chicken legs with big, I mean, their chests and their torsos are just ridiculously malproportioned. Um, their arms don't fit on right. It's as if it, it, when I become a zombie, apparently um, the, the, my, my, my shoulders stretch way out, and then the ball joint in my arm that fits into the shoulder socket reverses, and suddenly the shoulder is the ball socket, and my arm just goes way over it, almost like, it's, oh, my God, oh, my goodness, I hate these models. Just do skeletons. You'll be much better off. Well, I can rebase the skeletons and put it on the back burner, but I love my zombies. You know I love my zombies. I understand like, this, but but Here's the thing. This is the thing that just that, that, that makes me so upset is that Theirs are so bad, and I want to use all GW stuff. I really do. I just want to keep it to GW stuff. You know, if you're playing at a GW play, stuff like that, or, you know, like, um, you know, if you're going to do, like, especially if you're going to do, if you get chosen, like, I, I was lucky enough to get chosen last year to play on the live stream. You can't play with other people's models on that. Like, you can't do it. No. You know, so it's like I'm trying to, and uh, you know, the, the company they, you know, they, they, you know, they send me books to pre- preview and stuff like that. You know, I mean, they're really nice to me. I'm trying to, you know, stick with show their some product. loyalty. Yeah, um, I mean, I originally went with the Mantic stuff because it was kind of inexpensive, and I liked the game. And I'm like, oh, these zombies aren't bad. Okay, zombies are like the only good kit Mantic has. Okay, like really, most of their stuff is is very mediocre. But their zombie kit, like, 
for only having a tiny little, I mean, that sprue is like the size of a three by five note card. And you can get three or four zombies out of it. And you can, they've got the ball and socket works really good. You can pose them in any direction. They're all missing one of their arms. So they have these extra arms. You can just kind of put that arm on the shoulder or leave it off. But you can put it on and pose it in any angle because it just fits right on there. Um, it's their one really good kit among a whole bunch of mediocre to, to horrible kits. And it just happens mm-hmm. to be the one kit that GW has that is their oldest and arguably worst kit. And I was like, I don't want to be disloyal <laughs> and go, you know, give someone. But I have these already, and they actually look decent. So I'm very sad by this because if they're repackaging this, then my guess is there's no plans for a new model kit to, for it. I mean, I could be wrong, but why would they be repackaging this? And why not just sell it all out and put out the new model kit? Am I wrong? I mean. I mean, logically, I know, am I out? what? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. So, I don't know. That's it. I, I'm I'm gonna get off that. Uh, I'll get off that. I'm just it makes me sad. Um, what else? It's tons of rebasing. Hey, by the way, how the heck? Once you crazy glue your guys to the bases, how do you get them off the bases without wrecking them? You destroy the base. Just clip around and the base very carefully. Oh, okay. So that's that's actually going to be some heavy cut. Or what I've seen people do is they take the 25 millimeter round and then they put the 20 millimeter, they cut the sides off of it, the beveled edge of the 20 millimeter square and then stick that on top of the 25 and then just base around it. Oh, yeah. I, well, that's possible. I could possibly do that too. Otherwise, it's just be very careful. It's a lot of work. It is. I had to do that with all of my goblins. I had to do that with all of my squigs and my skeletons before I sold the Tomb Kings. Like, it's, I know it's a pain in the butt. I'm just afraid I'm going to start clipping off uh, big chunks of that base, and those little fragile skinny legs are going to crack at some point. Right. So it's just a matter of being careful or just try trimming the edges on the 20s. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure. I'll figure it out. I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to look at it. But that's a lot of work. That's like hundreds of models to be rebased and then touched up. And you know, um, that paint jobs on those are like three, at least three years old, four years old. I haven't painted a, a, an undead model in like three, four years. So this stuff I'm going to be adding to it. It's not going to look the same. I'm just. Could you uh, strip it? I suppose I could strip all this. You know, do I want to strip a hundred skeletons and fifty grave guards and stuff? Those guys are fragile as heck. Mm-hmm. You start stripping them and then and then taking the toothbrush to them, you're gonna bend and snap things again. That's my concern: is the bending and the snapping. So, sure. plus I I only have one Mortark. Uh, I don't have Nagash built. I got I just got a lot to do. So, I don't know. There's just so much. I don't know what to do at this point. So I'm just going to paint these Batman models and try and figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe bust open one unit of something and just paint it up and see how I feel about it. <laughs> Maybe one day I don't feel like pulling all the paint out and, like, painting and, and, like, setting up and doing some serious painting. I'll just grab the clippers and start clipping bases. Yeah, for sure. 
just you know, hey, I'll just I'm going to clip this whole tray of models, clip all their bases. There's something to do while I'm sitting here watching TV. So, all right, that's it, I guess. That's I just uh, that's where I am at the hobby right now, building Batman, and back from Paca, looking at these amazing things and trying to figure out what I want to do next. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, because I think since I'm not actually playing any AOS at Adepticon, I'm helping you run the GT. And I'm uh, I'm not I don't have I'm not in the team tournament I didn't have a partner and I'm not going to be there on Thursday to play the other stuff because I can't get there till Thursday night. So like the pressure's off for me to have an army ready for Adepticon. So I'm really thinking for I'm I'm, I'm kind of already trying to plan out next year for Wapaka to have something that at least is good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe get a nice display together, maybe get something nice, try to theme it up, and see if I can step it up. Uh, a notch with my uh, with whatever I'm doing for Age of Sigmar this year. So, yeah, that's it. All right, we're done uh, with gaming or with uh, hobbying. Uh, gaming. Um, we'll just kind of keep that for the main topic since it's going to be pack a wrap up. Right, we're going to talk pack of stuff. Other than that, I played a little Shadespire and a little uh, played some more Tack with uh, Barnett was over last night of all things. And we were playing Shadespire, and I was playing the Skeletons, and I actually won my first game with the Skeletons. They're they're a weird uh, crew to play. They are. They're very manipulative, and you can play them as f- offensive, you can play them defensive, but they are they play different than the other three, for sure. Yeah, and it was a little confusing, because Chris is like running up and trying to fight, and I just kept moving guys around. Ooh, that was a vibrator right there. Your phone's vibrating. That's not me. That's not you? That's not on my head. Oh, no, I guess it is. I was going to say, I don't have a phone hooked up to this to the computer, so I don't know that, where that was coming from. Um, so, yeah, let's take a break. Uh, oh, do you got any other? Um, yeah, we are in season two and a half of Breaking Bad, finally. Oh, you're finally watching Breaking Bad. Yes. Uh, Suck long enough, I know. Best show ever yeah we're definitely getting there it's like i've seen it i've I've watched the whole series like five or six times now i love it it's so good mm-hmm. yeah chris you so. and i were talking about it pack we went up to the room and they had a marathon going like a 10 or 12 hour marathon going then so we were up there going up to the room for breaks and watching it while we we're eating lunch um so you got anything else other than breaking bad uh no not really I started watching Altered Carbon. Mm. Some new Netflix show. Dude, it looks totally like crazy cyberpunk uh, nonsense. Apparently, you, you just you store your entire... You, they, they stick a computer chip in your body. It's like a disc. And uh, it's constantly downloading your memories into it and your, your actions and stuff. So if your body dies, you don't necessarily have to die as long as that thing stays well. They can stick you into another body. Weird. Oh, it's. I've only watched the first two episodes, and it's pretty cool so far. It's a little bit slow. It's uh, it's very much a, like sort of a. It's a weird. I mean, it's a detective piece, but with a lot of weird other stuff. I like it. Harrison and I were watching it. I stopped watching after that second episode because Harrison fell asleep. Um, but it was late, and he was tired from school all day so it didn't it wasn't a commentary on the on the show so give that mm-hmm. a chance folks um and i think that's it 
Oh, uh, yeah, one, that's a good start. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. One last thing, and then we're done. Um, uh, Larry Korea put out the new adventures of Tom Stranger, interdimensional insurance agent. So that's a short one that's out. Uh, you can get that on Audible. It's it's really funny. It's kind of brilliant. It's a, just a really strange little side project that he's built up. It's the second book in the series, and uh, it's it's really good. So they're a lot of fun. If you like Larry Korea's stuff. It's a, it's a fun listen. So that's that. Let's take a break and come back and talk PACA. How do you think? Absolutely. All right. We'll be back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we're back. That's right, we're back. Did you miss us? No. <laughs> no. Just no. We're back from, uh, from commercial break. We're back from Wapaka. We're just back in general. And here we go. Um, for those of you who don't know, Wapaka is tournament run by the Point Hammered Boys uh, in Wapaka, Wisconsin. It has traditionally been uh, a just Warhammer fantasy tournament. And then after AOS dropped in June, um, they decided that they weren't going to do that after the initial release. They were just like, man, we don't think so. Um, so they went to a multi-game sort of uh, multi-system. Mini-con, yeah. Mini-con, yeah. Um, now, is this, this – they only – it's been two years or three years that they've done the multi-system. This will be three. This is their third year at the multi-system, right? Yeah, because uh, we, I ran the AOS competitive this year and last year. Uh-huh. And then we had a weird year before that where it was all sorts of mixed systems before it settled into what it was for the last two years. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I missed. Yeah, that's right because I missed the first one, the first weird one. Yeah, because that was still at the Ale House, right? Yep, that was yeah, our last the, time. The last there. year at the Ale House, I couldn't go that year. So then, the last two years, I've been there doing it. So it's like three years, multi. Now this year, it was pretty much Games Workshop and Infinity. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, mm-hmm. uh, you had some 40k. 
you had some AOS, uh, you had some Shade Spire, and then you had Infinity. And other people were playing other things, but I don't know if there was any actual tournaments around other game systems. No, it was just those systems that had actual like proper events. Right. Uh, there was some underground Batman, which There's was lots of Batman happening. Yeah, there was a lot of Batman. Um, so any event. So Wapaka runs. It really starts on the Thursday night, but the actual events are on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, nothing is two days. They're all one-day events. That's where you play, you lose, you play again. And you can try different things if you want. Now, you and I, we did pretty much the same schedule. Yeah, I played in your tournament Friday. Mm -hmm. And then we both played in the 40K narrative uh, Ryan Nichols event on Saturday, uh, which he runs a great event. He really does. Ryan does a great job with this stuff. Yes, he does. Uh, and then uh, the Sunday um, we signed up, we were playing um, the uh, AOS narrative. Yeah, Chad Hansen ran that one. Right. So we were both playing in that. So goodness gracious. Yeah, that's me. So um, so let's. Uh, I guess we should do. I mean, let's talk a little bit. I don't want to go into every single game because it's really no. I mean, it's not. There's there were interesting things that happened, and I had fun. Um, oh, you know, so I have one of those Games Workshop those books to log all your games. I got one the for Battle Ages. Journal. Yeah, I picked one up for Age of Sigmar. Okay, that thing's awesome. Can I just say, uh, it literally's got a list: your army, your general, your faction, your opponents, your opponent's name. Um, it's got the points you scored for objectives and things during each of the turns on the bottom. There's a big place to take any notes on anything that happened that was interesting during the game. And the first day, man, I was jot. In fact, when we were trying to keep score throughout the whole thing, okay, how many points I scored? I'm just sitting there writing it right in the journal. So whenever anyone says, "Where are we at?" Boom, we can flip it right open, see where we get are. Um, it's a little pricey for what it is, but there's a ton of pages in it. Like, unless you play a lot, a lot, a lot, that book will last you a while, and it's nice. Mm-hmm. And I I love that book. Like, I bought it on a fluke. I figured I could just record our ga- my games with Kira and stuff as I'm teaching her. I thought it might be fun to record them and then show her some of her progress as she's getting better as I'm taking notes on what she needs to, you know, work on, like, to to learn and what I need to teach her. I thought it would be encouraging for her to see her progress. And I just brought with me to pack, and I was using I'm like, this is awesome. I modified some of the stuff on the pages when, for when we played the, in the friendly to write stuff down. I, I love that thing. So, mm-hmm. But um, so uh, your event was a three-game, 2,000-point Age of Sigmar event. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun. I'm going to throw that out there. You did a good job. Thank you very much. It was okay. Um, my first game, I played against Johnny Hastings, and he brought... Now, here's the thing. He spent all that time painting up that... Uh, was it the Stonehorn or the Thunder Tusk? I never know which it was. I think it was the Stonehorn. It's the Frost Lord on the Stonehorn. Yeah. And he spent all that time painting up, and he wanted to bring it. And he's like, dude, I don't play that often. I don't know much about building a really good list. I just took stuff I have. Right? And so I was actually playing uh, 2,000 points of... Uh, the Vanguard Wing, 
That's the, the, yeah, the, the first and last time you'll play that at a tournament. <laughs> yeah, the FAQ. Gee whiz, turn that vibrator off. It's I'm working on my it. Years. Um, the uh, yeah, the FAQ came out days later, and now you can't just drop. You can't just you know snake into combat in between things. You got to stay three inches away, which is a huge difference for how it can deploy. And because you have to actually charge when you drop, if you decide to surround them and then charge, um, you won't get the plus one if you take the staunch defender for Stormcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so for one round, you won't be the unbreakable block, which, and, and honestly, that is completely fair, because let me tell you what, I played that, that thing is stupid. The yep. Vanguard wing, as it was, was stupid. I mean... I dropped in there. I got li- I got a unit of thirty liberators with four up saves. Staunch defender gives them a f- three up save. Um, you do the uh, blessings with the lantern to give them plus one to their save. And then mm-hmm. I had a what kind of a mage did I have? I had a something. You took a lore master. I had a lore master, and he drops the uh, mystic shield on them, and now they're one up with shields rerolling ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 30 of them surround the Stonehorn, and because his halving move has the actual damage uh, stat, all these guys are one-wound jobbers, any, you know, one-damage guys anyway. So they just surround him in all those attacks, plus one to hit because he's over five wounds, and it was just tearing it apart. Um, Johnny just did not have a, an answer for something like that, and he even said it. He was like, they do what? He was like, oh, my God. Boom, Stonehorn came off. His unit started falling off. Um, it just, yeah, he just didn't have an answer for that. And once the big guy came off, then you know the rest of it, you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was a little rough for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, let's see, my second game. And you don't mind if I just run through these things stuff really quick, right? No, go. Um, I played Adam Trunzo. And I hadn't played him. Adam is an amazing player. He's really good. He is. If you make any sort of mistake, he will he will jump on you and get you. Like, and that was my mistake. I was playing against. He had the uh, the Seraphon with a bunch of skinks, and uh, I forget. the Shadow Strike Force. I think so. Um, yeah, the deep striking. Uh, so razor birds. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize that those guys could. And you know what? Plus, he's just got the guy who can he could teleport two units a turn, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I wasn't even thinking about. I just kind of set up the way I always was setting up, and I didn't spread my guys out in my deployment zone enough to lock out the corners. Mm-hmm. And he dropped three birds, and the guy with the and the the the, the, the with the triceratops with the giant thing on his with the astral projection stone stargate on his back. You mean uh, the laser beam? No, not the laser beam. The one that's got the 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 big one. Oh, the engine of the gods. That's it. Um, yeah, the Stargate. He's got the on his, and so those guys are suddenly right in my back, my back porch, right? And so I've got to readjust to deal with them, and stuff's getting beat, and I'm just like, oh, this was not, this was not good. I've, I've, mistakes were made here. Um. And he he won pretty handily. Uh, that was a grab objectives thing, and um, that was the one where you can burn. Okay, we have three objectives on each of our side, 
Scorched earth. Right. And so you can burn theirs. You get one point for what the, the round it is, I think, for each one you have. Each one you control. No, you get a point for each one you control uh-huh. at the end of your turn, or you can burn one of your opponent's markers for D3 immediate points. Right. So what happened was he jumped in on the left and the right, managed to, on the one side, swarm in with all of his skinks, so he outnumbered me and had the objective on my left. On the right, he had the engine of the gods and the and the and the flyers, and there wasn't. Uh, they didn't have numbers like that, but they had enough firepower that they they killed what was near it. And so he burned the first two on his turn one. So and he rolled threes for both of them. Mm-hmm. So he got that's rough. So he got six points for that, and then he got oh, and you get don't you get more points if you own if you have your your opponents? It's worth more points. Yeah, if you burn your opponents, it's D three. But if you're controlling each. your opponents, it's it, just one. Oh, it is just one. Okay, so that's right. So he got six for that, and then he had the other uh, three. His three objects. We so got nine points. Turn one, mm-hmm. and I had one objective, so I got one point. Turn one. So you see how this was going. I actually yeah. had him almost wiped out by the end of the round, and I still couldn't get guys over to hold the objectives. Um, turn two, he burned the third objective and got three for that. I had no objectives on my side. I just ran up front and just started killing everything, hoping that I could grab the objective. But by that time, like by turn three, I was like 10 or 12 points behind. Mm-hmm. It was just bad. So uh, he beat me really well, and that was that. I'm trying to think what the scenario was for the third game. It was uh, Blood and Glory. Oh, wow. So it was like Battle for the Pass. It had that Battle for the Pass scoring mechanic where oh, you right. can auto-claim with 20 or more. Right, um, right. And it's the – or no, it's Border War is what it is, the diamond pattern for the objectives. Right. Where the one in your enemy zone is worth uh, four, the two on the center line are worth two each, and the one in your zone was worth one. And I won that one, and I don't have my book with me, with my, which is really great. I just talked about how great this is to save all your stuff, and i just sit, sitting here realizing I don't have it with me. I just don't remember. I know I won that game, but I don't remember exactly what I did. So, Do you I, remember what you're playing against? I don't remember any of it. Like, I literally don't remember any of that game. Like, I have I'm to go find that my journal book. Helps. Well, I don't have the journal with me, so that's uh. the problem of logging it all is that I just forgot where I put it and it's kind of a mess down here and I didn't I couldn't find it this morning so um, I apologize to my third round opponent I'm just drawing a blank right now this morning um, wow what did I I don't remember that's bad anyway um, but this, this, like I said the stuff that I did um, I, like I said Vanguard Wing was dumb it was just too good um and it and it kills things way too well. Um, it just gets in anywhere. So changing that was was a good move. But I had yeah. fun. Um, I did not even come close to upholding my best order general no, title didn't. for the, the year. Um, I think I was third order general. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so not too bad. So. I came in pretty high in the in the ranks, you know, like for all things being equal, I didn't do too bad. Yeah. I just... Uh, do we want to go over the winners? Sure, go ahead. Because I have those. Go for um, it. So Adam Trunzo with Seraphon ended up winning the whole thing. 
Uh, he scored a perfect 100 out of 100 points. Oh, yeah. Uh, huh? I said, oh, yeah, dude. He was. He took me apart and just kept walking through everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, second was our good buddy Domus playing uh, Soul Blight Death. He had, like, 15 Blood Knights, which was amazing. Uh, <laughs> and then third was Brad Schwant. He was playing uh, Change Host, I believe. Oh, right. Okay. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Domus and Brad both got best general for their respective factions of chaos and death. Uh, Patrick Brindelson picked up uh, best general for destruction using bone splitters. Uh, best order went to Isaiah Ramzik, who was playing the Dreadwood Sylvaneth. Uh, so all of his stuff is like the spooky, creepy stuff. Uh, right. So he had those. Uh, best sports went to Zach Lamb, also from Wisconsin. Yep. And best paint, you're going to get used to this a lot with Steve Herner. Yeah. Um, well deserved for that absolutely gorgeous Sylvaneth army. Yeah, his stuff was pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the overall results. Um, now, what did you think of the scenarios and like the secondary and tertiary objectives that I put in? Uh, I liked them. I actually liked them quite a bit, and I think that they they helped. Here's the thing. Like, when I was playing Trunzo, he beat me turn one. When he burned both of those and he got nine points turn one, like, unless suddenly I went over there and burned all of his and got those equal points, there was no way to balance out. And even if I did that, there was not enough left on the board to be grabbing points to catch up to all the points he grabbed for stuff he didn't burn. Without the secondary and tertiary objectives, I really had nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. But those things always keep you in it. Like, I got max secondary and tertiary objective points on all my games, which was like, all right, yes, I took a hard loss in the second game, but I'm still not completely out of it yet. Like, they, they, right. weren't, they weren't too hard to get. They added some variety. You can pick something. Um, they were things that, you know, kind of went across most factions. You could find something in there to pick. You gave us more options to pick from than there were rounds in the game. So mm-hmm. then if there was something that really didn't work for you, you could kind of ignore it and put it aside and go for something else. I thought it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So that's just my take on it. Yeah. So we had that wonderful event. And then Friday night was Shadespire, the Wapaka Grand Clash. Yeah, uh, James Workshop was nice enough to send us a pack, and that one was run by Relian. Uh, so Brad Schwant again running yep. the event. And we had about like 30-something players, unfortunately. We had a lot less show than we were hoping. Uh, so I did end up playing in that. You didn't, though, right? I did not. I I played a bunch of Shadespire this weekend, but I wasn't. I didn't want to commit to another thing where I was, it was a late-night thing. And I would have to definitely, I would have to be up late. And it would, thank goodness, because that thing went to like two in the morning. Yeah, it went pretty late. Because uh, we didn't get started until late, because we had to wait till after opening ceremony. Right. And then it just took a while to get going because people didn't fill out their deck lists. So, I mean, it took a little bit, but once it got going, it was going. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I would not have been able to stay awake for that. I'm too old. Yeah. Uh, so. I ended up playing, and I got to use my Bloodbound, and I got to tell you, I don't think Korn likes me. 
at all. Because <laughs> I was playing to the meta, and I thought that the skeletons were going to be more prevalent than they were. I was wrong. And it was the Ard Boys, the Iron Skulls, uh, which is arguably the worst matchup for the Corn guys. Uh, so, <laughs> game one, I pulled Isaiah Ranzik playing... Surprise, surprise, Iron Skulls. And he just picked me apart in the first couple of games. Uh, it was just, I was drawing dead. I was rolling worse. And then to have it be my worst possible matchup was just not a good way to start it. No, I hear you. Uh, and then game two, I played Dan Grothy, um, from Minnesota, from Mini, I, he's from Minnesota. I forget where exactly. He's one of the Disco Land Jabbers. Yep. Uh, and ironically enough, Iron Skulls boys again. Um, I got lucky in these two games. I did end up winning, uh, but Dan's army, absolutely gorgeous. I do believe it won best appearance for the Shadespire event. Uh, it was either him or Herner. I can't remember who. Uh, Dan's looked uh, so good. I thought he won too, but I saw those up close. He was showing them to me up when I was hanging out up with the, in the, with this, with all the Skull Bros and the Minnesota guys. And um, his stuff is just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So he, I got lucky on that game. And then the last game I played Tom McClure, uh, which is all well and good. I love Tom and I love playing Tom. He was using Bloodbound, so I got a reprieve. And he was using the pre-constructed deck straight out of the box. Right. I lost. I got my tooled-up tournament Bloodbound deck, and I lost to the pre-constructed one. I am probably the single worst player of Shadespire that I know. Wow. So bad. Wow. And it wasn't like close losses. It was two very hard L's. And it's just like, what what the hell just happened? So, yeah. Not very good at Shadespire, apparently. Sorry to hear that. It's okay. It is what it is. And you roll dice, you pull cards. It's just how it goes. Yeah. So, and we'll take it for what it is. I'll probably have to change away from Bloodbound for a little while, and that's okay. Yeah. I want to paint those guys, too. That might be a little thing if I need a break from something to just paint up the crews. Oh, yeah. For those. Absolutely. Um, so, or Warbands. Sorry, Warbands, sorry. Uh, so, sorry. Yeah, that was our. Fr- that was Friday, and it went until like 2 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, do we want to take a break before we cover 40K? Um, or you want to keep going? How many breaks have we had? Just two? Just two. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, why don't we? Um, we've only been going 20 minutes. I mean. Okay. Well, then let's just get started then. Yeah. Um, so you and I, last year, we played in the 40K narrative. Yes. And we did not do well. Uh, I went 0-3, and, and I was hard, hard O's. Yes, I was in the same boat. Uh, and you and I, I think, were committed to not doing that again. <laughs> yes, I Because I think you and I are okay losing. It's just different when it's an embarrassment, Yeah, how bad the L is. Yep. So I think you and I wanted to be a little more competitive. I think you went a little more hard to the net than I did. <sighs> yeah, I went, I went ugly. And... Now, to his credit, Nickel did send me back a letter when I sent him my list, and he says, he's like, this list is kind of crazy. He goes, I'm going to be honest, you're not going to win a bunch of friends with this list, but he goes, 
um, with all the extra stratagems I'm throwing in and all the objectives, you may be able to to um, do well in the in the killing your enemy portion. But I don't think you're going to do too well in the getting objectives and scoring and actually doing well in the tournament part. Uh, basically, it kind of balanced out. He's like, so so he approved my list. He said, go ahead and take it. Um, it is kind of hard, but the you lack in the things you're going to need to be able to actually grab the objectives and, and do well. So you're going to have to make some hard choices. You know, he, it was, he said it was okay. Um, and so I took it. Now, I, should I give you guys my list real quick? We've all heard it, Dave. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I gave it out before. If anyone wasn't listening, I had Marnius Calgar, a librarian, an assassin. No, it was Tigerius. Your librarian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I had Marnius Calgar. There's a big I had, difference. I had Tigerius, the librarian, and I had a, an, a Calexus assassin. And then I had a unit of scouts with sniper rifles and cloaks. And then I had four units of seven devastators, um, two with four las cannons, one with four uh, plasma, and one with four heavy bolters. And so um, that was sort of, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. All the guys, my story was that all the guys who died last year, these guys who came looking for them, and they knew they'd have to pack some heavy weapons because obviously those guys just got wiped out or are missing. So come after them. Now, I will say this. I, I had just a couple of games with it before we went to PACA, and I lost every game. Like, under regular old 40K rules, um, I found it very hard to win with that army. Like, it was kind of fun and stuff happened and it was cool, but it was kind of hard to win with that army. Um, now, at the tournament, something happened. <laughs> um, there were custom-made... Uh, first, we had custom-made um, stratagems that we could use mm-hmm. that Ryan gave us. And we also got chips that allowed us to get little bonus things, whether they were re-rolls or extra command points. Yeah. Um, and I had the perfect storm of everything going my way. Uh, I didn't win the tournament. I didn't come close to doing that well overall, but I did do very well um, for myself that day. Um, and I learned a lot of things that day. Um, and we'll get to some of it. But first, why don't you go through your games? Because mine's going to be pretty quick in the games and more about what I learned. So, Okay. Uh, so I took Salamanders, uh, which is Space Marines. But I took a lot of Flamer and Meltatech because that's what Salamanders are kind of themed for. So right. that's what I took. Um not really going to run through the list, uh, except it had Vulcan Hestan in it, who is the Forge Father for the Salamanders. He's their special character. Yep. Um, he makes them play like Salamanders to me, so that's why I took him. Um, so game one, I played against Chris Yu in his Ulthway Eldar, which I don't think things could have gone worse for him because of how my army plays and how his army plays. I was able to take down one of his fire prisms game or turn one, like the very top of the turn. I dropped one of his fire prisms, which is one of his big weapons. Um, and then when he deep struck in the wave serpents and started shooting them up, I want to get close to people 
with salamanders because all my guns are short range. So I did like 17 wounds with my Melta squad onto one of his wave serpents. I burned the other one out with flamethrowers. So it was just, it was a rough game for Chris, unfortunately. I just had all the right tools and everything went right. Uh, So, yeah, and I got to play Chris. And at that point, I don't care what the outcome of the game is. I got to play Chris, which is all I really cared about. Um, but he's fun to play against. things. Yeah. Yeah. Things just went my way and that's just how it went. Unfortunately, I uh, game two, I played against Dave King, uh, from Macomb. He's one of the sexy Illinois boys playing. I guess it was technically undivided cast space Marines. Uh, he had like a demon prince of Slanesh, a bunch of unmarked, uh, Marines and a few other things. And it was, Really kind of interesting scenario, like we were, I was on the back foot, so he had this massive deployment zone, but I had a much smaller one, but much further away from him. So I was able to play to the strengths of my army. Uh, I burned his demon prince to the ground with a bunch of flamers, which was pretty okay, I'll take it. And Vulcan Hestan took a Chaos Terminator squad by himself which I didn't think was going to happen. I thought they would have punked him, but it didn't. So I'll take it. Um, so, I mean, it was a good game. I ended up winning that one big again. And then game three, I played with the third game of this tournament is a team game. So I got paired up with Dave Nordstrom, who normally plays AOS. He has a uh, brass stampede uh, blood or skull crusher army uh, for blades of corn. And, he was playing Adeptus Custodes, which I've never seen these guys on the table before. I just know that they're not fun. I didn't realize how nasty those things were. <laughs> um, and we ended up playing one of my guys from my local club, uh, Kyle, playing the Jukari. He had a, the homunculi, all the weird twisted Jukari stuff, and Jeff Tupper playing Necrons of all things. I didn't even know he had a 40k army until he showed up with it. And it's like, Tup, what are you doing here? Yeah, um, no kidding. I was shocked end- too. Yeah. And Dave and I ended up doing really well. The command stratums we got, like one of them was to call for reinforcements, which was just two command points, depending on how cheap your unit was. So they spent a lot of time focusing down my Devastator unit and then I brought it back the next turn with only, like, two command points and shot down one of their raiders. And it's like, sorry, guys. It's just how it goes. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was a good game. I really enjoyed playing Kyle. And I've never gotten a victory against Kyle's Dark Eldar because that is, like, the counter for me, I think, as an army. Because he wants to play so far away. He wants to play fast. My guys are really slow and short-range weapons. So... No, it ended up working out. Vulcan killed the homunculi in charge in single combat, which is awesome. I'll take it. Um, but no, I ended up with three max wins, a lot of the narrative points, uh, and I think I finished sixth overall. So much better outcome than last year. Very nice. So here's what happened. Uh, my first game, you know, we're getting to pick players. And uh, Rotor's like, you want to play? 
because we never get to play. Like, we literally see each other two or three times a year, and we generally don't get to play against each other. So I'm like, sure, let's play. And he's got Tau. And they're grabbing their objectives, and they're very shooty. And I'm kind of trying to grab my objectives, and I'm kind of shooty. I'm spreading out as much as I can. A lot of stuff happens when units are within six inches of Kalgar or Tigarius. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got to keep them at least at least one model hitting within that six-inch range, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of spreading out, trying to grab the objectives. Um, Rotor's Tau is, pretty, Tau is pretty cool, man. He's jumping in, shooting up stuff, bringing other guys in. I'm like, wow, these guys are shooty. This is kind of neat. Um, it doesn't hurt that he's got one of the best painted armies. Um, I think it won last year at PACA. In fact, mm-hmm. I think it won. Last year they did the, they had the, uh, you could win. It was either that or two years ago. You could win for your your game, your system, like best painted. And all those best painted like, went up against each other for like a best in show. And he won that. So, mm-hmm. like, he's, he's it's gorgeous to look at. Yeah, um, it's gorgeous models. So, bottom of his turn two, it looks like he's almost got it one, right? He's taken out my snipers, or my uh, my scouts. He's taken out some other stuff. Um, I, I've gotten a few objective points, but it looks like he's going to be able to just kind of walk up and take it and go. And then... Um, you know, I had one of the tokens that give you the extra command points. Plus, uh, on a five up, I get my command points back because that's the uh, what do you call it? The warlord command trait. If you take a named character for ultramarines, you have to take that. That's the command trait you just get. Um, I rolled almost all fives and sixes every time I did a command thing. Like I started off with five, and I must have. I played about 12 worth. Like, I just kept rolling and getting them back. Um, but by the bottom of turn two, Rotor had me pretty much kind of boxed in and shooting me down, and then there was that... that uh, you could do that uh, that move with the... It cost me three to bring back a, a unit back from the dead. So, took off one of the units of the, the last cannon, so, and I put it back. And then the next turn, he had uh, all the plasma guys were going, oh, I'm going to put them back now on the next turn. Um, and it was so hard to, to pick them off enough to kill seven guys and get them to, to go um, that suddenly in turn three, my shooting is still up basically at full. And I was able to, to, to force him back and, and grab my objectives, and I had burned one of his with my, uh, with my sniper scouts on the first turn. So I, uh, I pulled ahead and won that one. It was the first time I won with that army. I was like, wow. And Rotor's like, man, I had you until you started using that that custom uh, stratagem to, uh, to, to pull all your guys back. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of that's crazy. Um, and that was like the first hints. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. With, with this ability to get extra stratagem points and with the tokens that you were getting, because Ryan, if you won your game of Gossip, you got little tokens that gave you bonuses. And I had a bunch of extra command points with that. Suddenly it was like, I just had so many command points that every turn I could be summoning another one of my ridiculously hard as nails units back. Um, I'm like, uh oh. Um, second round I played against Chris Yu, and uh, he had he had totally mo- wiped me off the table uh, and done a really good job of, of taking me out with that same army. We playing this same matchup last time the last time we played. 
Um, but he's like, I know I got to get first turn. This was funny. He deploys half of his army practically off the table, right? He's got his mm-hmm. uh, couple of guys on bi- his general on a bike, another guy on a bike. The, what are the fire fire serpents, fire somethings? His, his two heavy gun ships. Fire prism. Fire prism. He's got two of those down, and then his uh, his little transports with all his guys in it are off the board. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got to get first turn. I'm like, I don't know, man, because if you get first turn with all those big guns, I could I could totally be wiped out too. So. Um, I finished deploying first. I get the plus one because we were playing with the do the plus one to your roll instead of just picking. But we were doing yeah, per it. chapter approved. Yeah, per chapter approved. I roll, he rolls, he, I beat him. He's like, you know what? This is too important. He uses a command point to do a re-roll. And he rolls himself a six. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm staring at it, and I'm like, man, I really want to go first. I'm like, it's going to be hard to get. I'm like, maybe I can, maybe, maybe I can stop. So I take, I got one of those little point hammer tokens that was worth a reroll, threw it in a bin, boom, rolled a five with my plus one. That's a six. It's a push. Next roll. Chris is like, oh my God. We roll the next roll, and I beat, and we tied, but my plus one, so I beat him, and I got to go first. And uh, Chris was right. Um, I, I took the, one of the fire prisms off the table. My snipers took out his general and I wounded the other fire prism enough that, um, he brings his guys in and on turn two, I take out the other fire prism and then, um, they're close enough that I've got, I got three guys with heavy weapons or four guys with heavy weapons, but the unit I bumped up to seven. So I had three guys with bolters in every unit. So every unit I just. I'm like, I'm just shoot your guys. I mean, you know, the bolter fire, at, I split it up. Bolter fire at the guys, guns, big guns at the ship. And uh, by like turn three, I had pretty much tabled Chris. So that, and even he was like, wow, that was, like, it was complete opposite of the way it played last time it played out. And he's like, yeah, that was brutal. He's like, that was not a lot of fun. He's like, I just got shot off the table. And I was like, oh, yeah. And now I'm like, now I'm realizing because I had done the same thing. He had moved in and shot, got a concentrated firepower and took off one of my units. And I, I brought it back with the stratagem. And uh, so I said, you know what, Chris? Third round, we should team up. And he's like, what? I'm like, dude, with your speed and your ability to drop in in the back of the board and my ability to shoot things where I'm just standing there and shoot things, I can soften them up and you can come in and grab whatever objectives you need. We could totally do this. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And then uh, we played against Braska and, and Dan Groth, Dan Grothy. Um, his, uh, so it's uh, Thousand Sons and um, Zinch. Zinch the Demons. Demons yeah. yeah. And Braska's got like two units of like twenty or thirty of these uh, the the pink horrors and a bunch of kind of characters buffing them. And he's got a few, he's got a few, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a few screamers and a few of those uh, weird tube looking things. The flamers, yeah. Um, and then he's got like I said a few characters that are buffing all their cool stuff. And I'm looking at that going, oh my god, that looks crazy. And then you got, you know. Thousand Suns and Thousand Sun Terminators on the other side. And in this game, I just kind of locked down in the middle again and prepared to shoot. Chris brought in his fire prisms, and then he was bringing his other guys in later off the board. And so this one, we just kept shooting. Same thing happened. I shot him up. Now, Braska leans over, and he's looking at Dan, and they're talking like they got to shove forward. 
because I'm not going to move forward because I want to stay within close to Calgar and I've got some cover. So I'm just shooting and they're running forward and I'm shooting them off the board. And now they're getting up close to me and it's like now now I'm looking like I'm in trouble. And then I just use my command points to summon back those units that they spent all their running up and all their firepower and all their work to kill. And now I have them all back again. And then Chris Yu drops his guys on. And um, it just didn't work for for them either. Um, and at the end of the game, I was sitting and I was, I was talking to Braska. I'm like, man, I just, like, I, I wanted to play and have some fun. And I just I, I feel like I gave you a bad game, and um, we were talking about this, and I realized a couple of things. First of all, I was totally that guy at this tournament. Yep. Okay, I was. I was that guy. I had an army. I literally, and he pointed it out. He goes, "You moved your Calexus assassin turn three. He goes, "You had him. You dropped him in on turn one. We killed him. You brought him back because you can bring back an infantry character that's not your that's not your head guy." Um. And we looked it up, and it's like, oh, he can come. And like, he came back in. I brought him back in on like turn three. He's like, he's the only model that you moved, except when you brought your unit in. And at first, I had him up too far. It was going to be nine. I had him back, so I moved him up. He's like, you know, it was, he goes, it, he goes. Here's what it is. He goes, you brought something really tough to a narrative event. And I'm like, once again, and it's no excuse. I don't play enough 40k to realize. I knew it was hard, but I just didn't think I would win. So hand- I didn't think it would do that well. I honest to God didn't, and it did, and. Mostly because of the fact that I had these extra rules thrown in that just benefited what I had enormously. Because um, I'm not taking any credit for the playing. This was this was like an old dwarf army. I castled up and I shot. Except I kept getting to put everything back at the end. So it was just kind of stupid. And... Uh, but I was like, it was a narrative event. He wasn't mad. He's like, dude, I'm not mad. He goes, he goes, but honestly, he goes, I checked out of that game after about 35 minutes because it was boring. Mm-hmm. He goes, you just shot and made me run across the table to you, and by the time I got there, I couldn't get you because you whittled me down too much and put all your stuff back, and it was boring. And I, I realized a bunch of things. First of all, because um, other people had some tough lists. Uh, but I think you can get away with having a tough list if it's got some variety and it's not it's not boring. And I never thought about boring as a factor before. We've talked about a lot of times on this show. I mean, you've been a guest on it over the years. Um, back when you ran um, when you ran core competency, it was always like, "Don't bring a beat stick. Bring something that's fun that'll be fun to play." And mm-hmm. you know, I never thought about the boring factor how i'm just rolling like we didn't engage yeah and that's that's the why thing. gun lines are pain in the butt not because they just take your models off because it's a non-engaged game and that's the th- and i never thought about that because even with my dwarves i always took i mean i would have a couple cannons and i would have a couple units of you know crossbows or whatever but the rest of my army was running forward like they were there to, to, to soften it up and the rest of my army would move forward and get into combat because that's how i played um this is the first time this is literally the first time in all the time i've been playing warhammer in any of its incarnations where i literally built an army and never i moved never moved a model you know i moved one model like turn three or four um and so i i felt bad i really did i kind of felt bad uh, for all my opponents because i just i never and it's it's something that I learned, and I mean, and maybe it's, maybe this is obvious, and everybody knew this, but since I've never played this way, <laughs> like I just didn't realize the 
boredom factor is uh, just ridiculous. Um, uh, so I kind of felt bad that I just I it was I was giving players not games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I was at, and I felt bad. Um, As you should. Yeah, I should, because I was that guy, and I didn't realize it until that last game, and then I was like, oh, crap. Like, second game, I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is not going the way all of my other games have gone. Uh, something's really not straight here. And uh, and then part of it was, like, calling back that assassin at the end. Yeah, that kind of guaranteed I would win it, but um, once again, totally not fun for my opponents at all. Um. It's just, um, I don't know. I, I just, I felt, I did, I felt bad, and uh, I won't be doing that uh, again. Uh, I did make a little bit of a joke with uh, um, with Brosca the next day. They were talking about how the game uh, went, and uh, <laughs> we were talking about next year if uh, if Ryan Nickel is going to run one of these events. And uh, I'm like, if he does, I'll bring a proper list. He's like, this guy right here. He's like, get out of here. So I just, I learned that. And uh, um, so I won't be doing that ever again. But I apologize to all my opponents because that was kind of crummy. I did not give them good games. So, you know what? Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sunday and wrap up the show. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. in Grays Lake, Illinois is your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your gamer may want, from board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program. Check out their events calendar, in-store or online. From Tuesday night miniature games and Thursday night board games to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back talking this, the Age of Sigmar narrative event at Wapaka. That's right. Ugh. But seriously, though, man, don't be that guy. I just learned I was that guy. And the thing is, you know, it's it's a weird thing because you always wonder, like, I, you know, you play against some guys or the guy. Like, I've played against Brad Schwant, and he is always finishing at the top. And people have always, you know, we've always teased him for he's got really tough lists, but they're not boring and they're still fun and he's still engaging and um 
I just I, it was it was interesting because afterwards, like I said, I was kind of getting made fun of afterwards because I was hanging out with these guys, and um, I got some really sage advice from several people. You know, Rotor was talking to me. Uh, Nick Fenske gave me some great. He's like, when, I, when he builds lists, he's like, I always throw in a couple of chaff units and things here and there. So, you know, you can always throw that out. You don't worry too much about it. And even if you're beating your opponent, they feel like they're they're, they're getting something done. He's like, they're they're still mixing up and doing stuff together. And I was like, oh, that's all really. Actually, pretty good advice, you know, to, to avoid doing something and being that guy. So that uh, was good. I was I appreciated it. Super. So yeah, but let's get on to the narrative event. All right. So uh, Chad Hansen, uh, one of the most awesomest guys from lacrosse, beautiful lacrosse. Uh, he ran a narrative event. Uh, so this was. He did some. He does something very different every year. So for this one, he actually made a massive round type table. It had different platforms on it that could go up and down. And how the whole narrative played was that there was this massive chaos super weapon, which is like a floating fortress type deal uh, that could like bombard hell cannons and stuff like that. Um, so it's essentially everyone versus chaos and. The order guys are starting on the outside of this map that we've strategically placed all the tables in accordance with the map. So this way, you have to like work to fight towards the center of the map to then play on the big table. So that's kind of what the whole objective was. Yeah. So this is definitely more of the story-driven. Um, Chad tends to do things a little fast and loose, but... The yes, overall yes. concept was there. Um, and there was a lot going on in those games. Because um, it starts with team games, and then it can break down into one-on-one games, depending on how you're doing. So there's a lot of different avenues to play. Yeah. So. There was kind of a lot. I, now, I honestly, to be honest, I guess, and it might have been me, I was kind of dehydrated. And I wasn't drinking, I was just dehydrated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of the weekend, it was very dry, and uh, I did. I kind of wasn't feeling it as much as last year. Like he had this cool concept, I just wasn't quite getting it. Like it just wasn't getting through to me. Um, he did have, like I said, all the tables set up so that they matched the map, and that was cool. And all the tables had their own uh, special things that were going on. And if you won, you could spread out some of that to the surrounding tables. So benefits mm-hmm. would come down and things like that, and there was there was cool concepts. I just wasn't feeling it. It just it something wasn't meshing with this for me. Um, and like I said, it might have been that I was kind of dehydrated, um, but it just even though the games that I was playing were fun games, like the overall, I just something wasn't clicking with me. And, like, I looked at the map, and he's like, and when we were first putting our pieces down, and he, he kind of explained everything, and I'm like, okay, so I have no idea where I should go. Like, it got to the I literally walked up to the table with my coin, and instead of putting it in a in a, in a a region, I just, you know, put it on my on the hand, flicked it with my thumb, flipped it up in the air, and just where it landed, I'm like, that's where I'm at. Like, I let fate guide me on that. Um, cause I just was like, I don't even know what's happening. Like, I'm not certain. Um, so I, I, I just, I wasn't feeling it like last year, 
And that's just that's where I was at when we were coming in and playing. I had fun playing my games. Don't get me wrong. Um, there were just so many little moving parts, and I just like was not wrapping my head around it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was I'm not yesterday that last day, and that was just me personally. So um, yeah, and I think a lot of us were really tired because um, it was a long weekend, right? Um, like I was even in a bit of a funk on that Sunday just because I was tired. I was really just kind of ready to go home. Um, it was just, it's a very long weekend. Yeah. And like you said, it's essentially four days. Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, you know, spoilers jumping ahead. I didn't even play my third round. Like I'm like, I am dehydrated. I don't like, I, I was having issues like actual kind of issues from it. Like, you know, like not just trying to hydrate, but I didn't, I actually physically kind of felt unwell and I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I just told Chad after the second round, I came down and, and I was like, I, I think I need to bow out for the third round. I don't like doing that to people in the middle of something, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to be running to the bathroom and not feeling right. Like every 20 minutes in this game. And I just, I would rather not play and just go relax than, mm-hmm. than play and get messed up. Um, right. So, um, I can't say much about the way that the actual narrative part of the story went. Cause I didn't get, uh, I just I I I didn't I didn't get I didn't get it going and then I don't know how it ended because I wasn't there for the end. Um, I did I had a couple of highlights, and I'm certain you did too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest highlight was uh, my first game. We were teamed up, and um, it was uh, my stormcast with some elves against um, Nurgle and Corn. And uh, basically, we could not win it. We could. We had to get into that. We had to have more guys in their deployment zone than they did, and that was like the big, the big thing. And we just it, we got hung up. We couldn't get through there. I tell you what was cool. Uh, I got. Um, I was playing with uh, against Tommy, and uh, he has a great unclean one and his thousand point list. And I managed to get it down to like eight wounds, right? Just like throwing everything I had at it. What little shooting I had threw at it. My Lord Celestine's cloak, throw all the hammers at it. Just try to try to get it down. I pocked it down. Um, you know, fought with it. Um, he had taken my unit of five uh, retributors with two maces. And he had, you know, they had done a little damage. He had managed to get them down to just two guys, the champion and the mace. And uh, so I had the the thing on it where the, they were near the Celestine, so they got plus one to hit, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what happens. This was gorgeous. Um, Tommy had something up where I had to reroll sixes either to hit or to wound, and I couldn't remember which. It didn't matter. I pick up my three dice for my three attacks with my champion, and I pick up a, a different colored die for the uh, Star Soul Mace, right? Mm-hmm. Boom. Three fives and a six. Or no, three five. Yeah, so um, the Star Soul Mace does three wounds, right? Now uh, it rolled a six, though. Um, it was the six, or... I mean, I, no, I, I, no, it was... Uh, it, yeah, the Star Soul Mace, I think, he picked up the six. Okay. 
because that'll make the story a lot better then. Right. So it picks up three wounds on the Star Soul Mace. The three fives are sitting there. The plus ones to hit on all three of them turn them all into sixes. So they all mm-hmm. do two mortal wounds apiece. Plus, I had blessed weapons, so uh, sixes to hit. I get to I uh, get generate an extra attack. Yep. So then I roll again with the three attacks because they all generate extra hit five five four. So my two my two retributors did thirteen mortal wounds and one regular uh, wound that he had to save. For I, I said, okay, so take 13 mortals and then save one regular. And he looked at me, he's like, what? Wait, how? What? <laughs> yeah. And I, was, I went through, I was like, yeah. And at first I thought I had the, I thought I had all of them were mortals. It's like, no, no, wait, those two of those aren't. That's a regular one, that four. So he winds up basically um, saving like all but seven of them. So with from the mortals, mm-hmm. so he's got one wound left on his great unclean one. He rolls for the regular one, doesn't get the save. It does two damage, so he's rolling two dice now for his five up save because he's taking the damage, and he only saves one of them. So that's the eighth wound, and I take the great unclean one out with two retributors. That's so dumb. That was. <laughs> So dumb. The two retributors just went to town. It was uh, it was a perfect. Di- I don't remember much out of that game. We lost. I remember that happening. Mm-hmm. And Tommy just being like, "Oh my god!" Like he was like laughing. He's like, "That was amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, kinda." Um, so that was in our first game. That was the one cool thing. And uh, I'm just gonna do my second game and be done. Uh, in my second game, I, I wanted to play Adam Trunzo again. So second game of three, I play Adam, and I um, this time we had we had weird objectives. He had to move a guy to the middle of the table, to the middle piece of terrain, and his general had to stay there. And at the beginning of each of his um, hero phases, he rolled a d6, and he just kept track of those and adding them together. And if at any point he hits 16 points, he wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, my objective was kill all, kill the general and all wizards, which he had one general, which was that giant rat, because he was playing Skaven, he had the, the, de- he had rat. a warbringer. Yeah. And then he had, uh, and then he had one wizard Skaven guy. An arch warlock. Yep. Um, so he moves all his guys up to the middle block so he can start rolling dice and he pulls his arch warlock back because if I kill them both, I win. Um, I jump in and start uh, putting all my attacks on his Warbringer, his giant rat guy. Uh, I bring down the giant rat guy before he can get the 16, um, but I can't. Uh, he's too far away with his wizard for me to reach on foot. I did have one unit of pigeons. Uh, they got over there and tried to fight that thing. Uh, he just wiped them out, like, quick, too, because... I just thought it was a little scaven wizard, but apparently he's more he's tougher than I thought. So he is. yeah, so we drew, we drew on that, um, and then later because we put because it said if you if you can't then you draw, and then Chad came back and said who won? I said we drew, and he said you can't draw. And I said what? And he's like no, <laughs> because it won't work for the the bigger narrative. So then we had to figure out who killed more points, and that turned out was me. So I got the win, although it was technically a draw. So I guess it would be a minor win. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Trunzo was a great guy. Playing with him, I've never played him before, and I get to play him twice in two days. And um, it was just, he was great. He was really great. It was so much fun to play him. So that's all I had to say. And then, like I said, I went back. I came down. That's when I came back after going upstairs is when Chad's like, oh, I need someone had to have win. So how did that go? And I explained to him. And I was like, I got, I got to be done. I think I got to be done. So that was it for me. How about you? Uh, so first game, I got paired up with Marv Sims. Yep. Uh, who, coincidentally enough, won the Shadespire Grand Clash the night before. Okay. Uh, with Stormcast and was up very late. So he was very tired. Um, and he had 80 skinks to move. Oh, jeez. Plus a Bastilladon, a frog, um, and some characters. And I took my Moon Clan, Grotz, because I wanted to do something that wasn't Stormcast. I wanted to do something different. And I kind of regret it. Um, they're just not that fun for me to play right now. They don't do enough for me. They don't move. They don't shoot. They they don't do a lot of things that I really enjoy about this game. So I took the wrong army, which I think was a mistake. But I didn't want to take Stormcast because I knew that would be the wrong army. Right. So um, anyway, we ended up playing against Adam Trunzo and Mark Ramzek. So it was Skaven and Bloodbound. And... We ended up winning, and it was a good game. Uh, just not super memorable moments as far as I remember, because Marv just kept flying skinks all over the place. And I just kind of ran up with Grotz and tried to do stuff, but I don't know. I was just kind of there. Um, I get you. And then, yeah, and then second game, we've moved now to the middle ring of tables, so... Now this scenario is me and my partner. We have to run to the opposite edge of the table on the long edge to try to get more models on the platform to determine who wins and goes up to the floating fortress. Right. So I'm playing with Isaiah Ramzek with his Sylvaneth against Andrew Simons and Jake Lequier, both playing Bloodbound. And how Chad ruled it is that both of them got to count the blood tide instead of sharing one pool. Oh, wow. So they each, as things died, they each got, so it was basically doubling down on it. Yeah. And Chad had ruled it because they didn't get a choice to partner with each other. Okay. Necessarily. So he didn't want to deprive players of their stuff. Which I understand, but I am very glad that I FAQ'd that out of Adepticon for the team tournament, because that was stupid. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there right now. So I felt validated. So if you're after- playing two corn armies uh, at Adepticon, those armies have to share the Blood Tithe pool. Correct. Oh, okay. If they use the corn allegiance ability. Okay. It's the same thing with Zinch, because I have to treat them all the same. So I can't willingly give Zinch 18 Destiny dice. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I got you. So Zinch, yeah, Zinch, they share the Destiny dice pool if they both play Zinch. Okay. Yeah. Then there's a lot of those things that double stack like that, like Fire Slayers, people wouldn't think about. But if you get to strike the same rune each turn, or you can mix it up, you can make movement twelve fire slayers. I got you. Yeah, dumb. That's, that's, that's or that like dumb. 
or rend five fire slayers. I got you. Is, no. Yeah. So any event. Um, so Isaiah was playing Sylvaneth and he had a tree Lord ancient and Drycha and he put down, I want to say seven or eight wildwood templates. Wow. Um, that all of the uh, Bloodbound had to run through to try to get onto the platform. And it didn't work because they got so many of the free moves from the Blood Tide. So we ended up taking the hard L, but it looked really good right at the beginning. It just didn't pan out. Oh, well, so, there you go. Yeah. Um, and that was fine. And then I got shunted back out to the outer ring again. And I got to play against uh, Quentin Fisher with his Bloodbound again. Um, and this one was the weird objective where the Chaos player had to nominate a terrain feature in their territory to be an altar. And we all had, like, different win conditions. And my thought was he had to do something with the altar to trigger it, and that's how he would win the game. Right. His actual objective was to kill my general and to kill my most expensive unit. They were, nothing had to do anything with the altar. Because my objective was to kill his general and his most expensive unit. <laughs> so it was a complete head fake that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I was able to kill his, uh, Rathacorn Bloodthirster with Squigs and a fanatic team that I had hidden in my two Squig handlers. Oh, nice. So I was able to take it out, and because it was the most expensive unit and the general at the same time, I won turn two. Oh, boy. So it was kind of like, that was fun-ish. Ish. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't, the game was not going to go anywhere else, because it's either I was going to do that and win, or he was going to take me off the table. Right. Like, there was no other alternative to that game. Right. So... It is what it is. Um, but for the narrative itself, Order ended up winning. So that was... Yay. Yay, fun. Um, but I don't know. I left Packa in such a funk. Like, I'm playing at LodgeCon, so that'll happen the day that this airs. Okay. I'll be at a tournament being run by Greg Dupuy. Um I texted Greg, and it's like, I... I can't play. I'm I'm done. I need to take a break. Um, wow. Because we got Holy Wars at the end of the month. Um, so I was going to drop out and play. But he didn't have anyone on the waiting list, but he was sold out. So if I dropped and helped him, I would end up ringing anyway. <laughs> so it's like, fine, I might as well just play. Yeah. But And I almost dropped out of Holy Wars. Um, I was just so exhausted. Wow from the gaming and there's so much going on with Adepticon with South coast with bug eater. Like I have a lot of tournaments front loaded on the end of, on the front of this year. And it's like, Oh, this is going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, so oh, I feel for you, but yeah. uh, so that wrapped up and then we had the closing ceremonies. Now what they did this year was they had boxes that, that, that I think bear made. Yeah, with each uh, gaming club's name on it, 
And as you won tournaments and won, won painting awards and stuff like that, uh, they gave out little tokens. Mm-hmm. And you, as your team won tokens, you put them all in your box. Uh, people who weren't on a team could give their tokens to whatever team they wanted. Um, and then at the end of the weekend, they busted open the boxes and they, uh, you know, stacked up the tokens, and the the you know the, whoever had the most won. Um, this year, it went to the Skull Bros. They won it again. They've won it before. Um, this was kind of crazy too, because talk about guys who are just they were winning stuff and winning tons of painting awards. All these Minnesota guys and winning their games, winning their paint awards. Um, None. I don't think any of the Skullbro guys did anything on Sunday. They all took Sunday off. Like some of them were playing in some big, huge, like five guys on a side forty k game. But I don't think that was like a organized competitive event. I think they were just nope. playing. So <laughs> they only played Friday and Saturday, and they won handily. Yeah, uh, they. I mean, it was there was no. They they won. It was a good like five or six tokens, I think, over every anyone else's stack. Um, that's just bananas, right there. Those, I mean, that's crazy. And congratulations to them; they did a fantastic job. But they literally took Sunday off and still won the whole thing. That's that's the level of players and painters that you got on that on that team. It's that's mm-hmm. you know good for them. That was crazy. Um. Biggest and uh, in 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 my opinion, because I was sitting on the side that was not disappointed. Uh, best decision that I could have heard at Wapaka this weekend is um, next year. It's going back to a single one hundred man tournament. Uh, so they will be next year. Wapaka two thousand nineteen will be AOS up to a hundred players. Eighty. And, Oh, 80. I'm sorry. Is it 80? 80. Yeah. Um, Infinity, uh, Raj has actually got his own other tournament that he's working with, that he's building and doing. So the Infinity is just going to move to that other tournament, as he put it, the uh, the spiritual successor to Wapaka um, to go for Infinity. So Because there was a lot of guys there for Infinity. And yeah, there was so, a good chunk of guys, and Infinity had stuff all weekend. Yeah. Um, they, so, I mean, it was not like it was a small turnout for any of the events. No, it was, yeah, it was about, it was pretty good, so. Yeah. They're going to be getting their own, so, but I think I'm kind of excited. I'm excited to play a two-day, five-round, 80, 80 guys at Wapaka playing Age of Sigmar next mm-hmm. year. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to, I'm starting to plan out my army now, see if I can't do something, because I got to tell you. The paint level at Wapaka is still bananas. Well, yeah. It's a complete hobby-driven tournament is what it is. I mean, did you see Dan Grothy's um, uh, Thousand Sun Wizard guy mm-hmm. that for his – I mean, it's crazy. And then Braska's um, Gaunt Summoner. Yep. Did you see his Gaunt Summoner? Yeah. He had – I mean, first of all, I mean the the you know the the beautiful seamless you know transitions in the blending, um, all of the eyes painted well, so they looked like eyes, not you know not fried eggs or or little black slits in in white in white marks. Um, dude, the the staff had that really large eye on it. 
Mm-hmm. And he had not only light hitting the eye, but he had uh, irises and pupils. Not just pupils, irises and pupils. It was ridiculous. It, I mean, it looked so good. That was just crazy. Uh, and like I said, between Dan Grothy's heavily converted and set up Thousand Sons guy and uh, Braska's just over-the-top ridiculous gaunt summoner, those are just two examples of some painting that was just off the hook. It was crazy. So for next year, I'm going to try to bring, to focus on, Getting together, you know, a list I like, and just I'm just this is going to be what I bring. I'm going to try to have it to the highest standard I've 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 done anything so far. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a year to get a two thousand point army together to a really good standard, and maybe try to get a nice display for it, and and get some sort of something going that's more than what I've been doing. So that's that's kind of where where I'm at because I'm so excited that it's going to be a two-day AOS event. Mm-hmm. So um, is there anything else we need to add? Uh, not for PACA. I mean, I did finally get to try Batman yeah, on did you the enjoy Thursday it? night. Huh? Did you enjoy it? I did. Um, my, I have a Riddler crew, and that is very not beginner-friendly. Ah. Uh. Um, so, I mean, I got to play Nick. It was fun. I mean, I do want to play again, but it's not going to be like a main game for me. Right. This is definitely more, I like to play Bat, I like to paint Batman and yeah. cause Batman is Batman. Exactly. So, um, I do want to throw a quick plug out for the spring conflagration. Okay. Uh, this is going to be happening up in St. Paul. It's being run by, uh, source comics and games. Uh, so it's a great store. It's being run by Walter Duncan, uh, who is another one of those quality guys from Minnesota. He's part of the Lords of War. Um, and a finer group of gentlemen you could not ask for is the Lords of War. No, they're nice guys. Uh, so this is May 19th and 20th. Uh, you can check it out on Facebook. It's the Spring Conflagration. Uh, registration kind of runs through the Renegade Open site, so you can check that out. Um, but I told him I'd throw him a plug, and there it is. Cool. Uh, just a reminder, folks, if you are kind of local or if you are willing to come out this way, out to uh, beautiful Lake County, Illinois, um, April 14th, I will have more info uh, finalized together and for you on the next episode. But uh, I'm looking to have uh, just a nice small gathering of friends, looking, like I said, 8 to 12 players probably. Uh, I'm going to be playing three ga- a three-game uh, narrative, totally narrative uh, style event. Excuse me, uh, on April thirteenth as a uh, last hurrah and a fond farewell to uh, for unique gifts and games. So keep that in mind. Um, that's something we will definitely be doing. So, and thanks to everyone at PACA. People coming up to me and just oh, Dave, so nice. Hey, you know. Doing a great job, loving the show, blah, blah, blah. People coming up, lots of people coming up. You know, oh, congratulations to this, congratulations to that. The show's great. Uh, and thank you to all those people because that was really that was really kind of, of you all. It was really sweet um, just to people coming up all weekend and being like, hey, you know, love your show, love what you're doing, keep it up. Uh, you're doing a great job type of thing. That's always nice to hear. So mm-hmm. I think that's it. Is that it? Are we done? I think so. 
No, look at that. It's just it's not even two and a half hours. That's amazing. It's almost as if we had a regular normal show. Uh, and that's going to change. And that's going to change real quick. Uh, malign portents we might be able to get through kind of quickly, but that 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 Legions of Nagash book is going to take forever. So, all right. So other than that, folks, hey, uh, um, if you are thinking about uh, or if you are thirty curious, thirty k curious, uh, after Eleanor, the Garage Hammer Horse Heresy Book Club is on the Free Booters Network. Give it a listen. Greg and I are recording next Saturday. While you are listening to this, Greg and I will be recording part two of A Thousand Sons. So that's what we're doing. That'll be up shortly after. Uh, a lot of great shows there. And that is the only place you can hear our new episodes. Um, also, remember to check out the Patreon page. Uh, take a look. See if you're, you know, if you're interested in helping out the show. Uh, once again, we want to thank our newest patrons, Joseph Mateda. Isaac Gay, Joseph Moyer, Zachary Nanden, Johan Holm, William Eversberg, Zach Robinson, and Corneal Bodar. One more time, thanks to all of you guys. You are really deciding to be part of the 1% is, um, is a huge deal to me. So thank you very much. Alex? Yo. Let's, uh, I gotta, we gotta go outside, I gotta go outside and shovel snow. So, um... I guess we yeah, will... have fun with that. Yeah, yeah, but we will talk later. We're going to get together a Batman game, and I've got to get you that. Uh, I got to get you those models. So we will we will get together and hopefully get a game in. So maybe. Oh yeah, for Batman. sure that has to happen. Absolutely, I want to play out some of these malign portents uh, games. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Definitely down for that. Ugh, so good. Okay, cool, folks. Until next time. Only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at GarageHammer. And Alex, that's me, is at SomeKindOfGeek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the GarageHammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.